Welcome to My Business Guide, where we believe that small business should be simple and enjoyable. Each episode, you'll get fresh ideas and clear steps that you can take to grow your business and succeed. I'm Lachlan, your guide, and today I'm going to be sharing some of the mistakes that I've made in business. We all make mistakes, but it's what we do with them that counts. If you failed in life, big or small, the good news is failure can be your greatest teacher. And when you learn from your failures, it can make you a strong and resilient leader and also more humble. And I think humility is a strength of a great leader. Humility is not a weakness. It's self-awareness. It's understanding that we're capable of both success and failure in life. So whatever your journey has been like so far, Here's the key takeaway up front. Failure is not final. It's a stepping stone to building the business and becoming the person that you want to be. The key is to learn from our mistakes and allow them to transform us for the better. Well, with that said, I wanted to share in this last episode of season one, a few mistakes that I've made in recent years, starting in business and what I've learned from them. Maybe one of these that I mentioned, you will find yourself in a similar situation, in which case you're not alone. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Mistake number one that I made when I started out in business was that my message was too vague. I say in coaching a lot that clarity comes in degrees. We don't always get the full picture right away, but over time we experience greater levels of clarity in what we do and who we are and how we can better communicate. Well, when I started out in business, I had really vague messaging, like many businesses do. It wasn't clear on what my product offering actually was. And I had really abstract language like, you know, I'll help you succeed in business. But what does that mean? And, you know, how do I do that? So it left a lot of people scratching their heads. And I probably missed out on quite a bit of revenue as well from that. Until over the years, I got trained up in marketing frameworks like StoryBrand to better clarify my message. And I started to do the same for our coaching clients, as well as my other business in finance. And so if you've been thinking, yeah, my message is actually really vague or it's a bit cliche or it's a bit unclear, then I'd encourage you to head to leaderguide.com.au and book in a free call. Let's chat and I can help you with that. So that was mistake number one, that my messaging was too vague. Mistake number two, hiring without a scorecard. When we started this finance business, We made not one, but two hires that didn't work out in the first two years. And if I had to quantify that financially, I'd say it cost us about 100 grand, which isn't ideal if you're just starting out in business. So as someone who coaches other business owners, I know now firsthand the feeling of when hiring doesn't quite work out as you intended. So why did this happen? Well, we did what many small business owners do. We hired from our intuition instead of facts. David Dodson in the manager's handbook says that this is why 46% of new hires fail within the first 18 months. He argues from his research and experience that we're better off to hire for outcomes over likability. It's great to have a gut feeling on someone, but you need something tangible to qualify a person for a job. That's where we learn about having a scorecard. Basically, a process, a set of metrics by which we can assess a potential employee to see if they can actually do the job that we want them to do, as well as test their thinking and their attitude, because that really determines how they'll perform and operate in as a team. 
Hiring is a huge factor in determining the success of your business. So my advice is to create a standardized process by which you can make hiring decisions based on proven competency and assessment of character. And don't just leave it to that gut feeling like I did. Mistake number three is overworking. I worked way too much when I started in business. It's a classic, right? When I started out, I was that guy who would respond to every client message at all times of the day. I would jump onto things right away. I'd work early and I'd work late and basically never switch off. Well, silly me, it left me burnt out a few times and I didn't even realize it. It was only in hindsight that I guess I realized the effects of overwork in my life. And oftentimes it actually takes a good friend or our spouse to point it out and give us that good, you know, wake up slap. I actually wrote a book this year called Offload, which talks about this very problem of overwork and burnout in small business. So my tip is reading that book. I recommend reading it on paperback or Kindle. You can head to our website in the show notes or just search Offload in Amazon and hopefully avoid the trap of overworking. Okay, moving on, we're on a roll here. Mistake number four is undercharging. I've undercharged way too many times. So to be real, I thought about this one before and look back over my first few years in business through my accounting software at past jobs and contracts and quotas. I reckon during that time, I easily left $200,000 on the table from just simply undercharging. But this can happen at any stage of business. We can undercharge for various reasons too. We know we feel like we don't have enough experience yet or We're not confident in our product process or offering, or we've just not clarified and demonstrated the real value that our service provides to others. I would say I fall in that last category a lot of assuming that a client know the value of working with a business coach or a marketing professional. And in the last year, we've really raised our prices quite a bit as we got better at clarifying and demonstrating and delivering value for clients. But if you've been in that spot where you know that you're undercharging, you just feel it and you can look at the prices of your competitors and and you know that you're undercharging. Look, I get it. I've been there myself. And I encourage you to really reconsider your rates and charge appropriately for the value that you provide through your products and your services. And if you need help, reach out and I can give you some more tips. Mistake number five, and I think a lot of people resonate with this one, is shiny object syndrome. SOS, shiny object syndrome. We are blessed in Australia with so many opportunities, be it career choice, technology, lifestyle, but all this choice can lead us to having this syndrome where we just chase whatever's new or noteworthy and we don't actually commit to just one thing. We're always too distracted by the newer thing or the shinier thing. And I'm a bit of a millennial sucker for this, especially when it comes to technology. So here's an example of one of my mistakes recently. In the finance company that I co-founded, there was a piece of technology that could act as like an all-in-one portal, an app for our clients. Now, this wasn't new technology, but it was new to me. And I kind of had this gut feeling like it wasn't the right fit at the start, but we were in this rush to find a solution. And so we signed up for it and we actually locked into it for more than a year. And there was substantial fees involved. I'm I'm talking thousands here, not hundreds. Long story short, it turned out this platform was not the right fit and we blew about a year with it and then lots of months to kind of wrap it up. So there was a lot of time and opportunity cost and financial costs. It all kind of adds up. And I guess that's the thing with shiny object syndrome is 
when we jump into something too quick, the cost can add up over time. We don't even realize it. So now I've learned through a series of small and big mistakes over the years to really slow down and evaluate new opportunities, new products, new technology. In other words, I'm building in that shiny object filter. And you can too. It starts with just taking a step back and being objective about things. Forget the marketing, the possibilities, the glimmer. Think more first principles. Does this provide what we need? How much time will this thing cost? You know, is there a better way to do this? Just by asking yourself some of those simple questions, you can help avoid that shiny object syndrome. Okay, last mistake is this. Number six, staying within my comfort zone. This one's a little bit more philosophical. (laughs) The older I get, the more I believe that growth doesn't happen within your comfort zone. You've got to step out one way or another to really stretch yourself. This is where the best opportunities and adventures happen. If I look back over the last five years or so, the biggest joys and rewards that I'm reaping now have come from moments where I took a risk and tried something new or met someone new. So through my own experience now, if I had to encourage my younger self or others, I would say to keep stepping outside your comfort zone, even if it's just a little. Look, we don't have to turn our lives upside down or anything or change everything, but even just setting one audacious goal, it can open up so many new opportunities and blessings on the other side of that challenge that you can't even imagine right now, but it will. You've just got to step out. So 2024, we're coming up. Let's make that commitment together to not stay within our comfort zone and cruise through the year. Rather, let's step outside the safety walls and see growth and transformation on the other side. And a final thought just to wrap up today's episode. Business is a long-term journey, and so don't feel like you need to rush it. What I found makes it feel long is when you're always frustrated. That feeling of when you're going against the grain, it just makes the journey feel less fun and more tired. But it doesn't have to be that way. Hiring a business coach can get you out of that frustration and get you into a place where you can see the bigger picture at play. As a coach, I help people get clarity, bring order to their steps so they can take action and get the results that they want. In coaching sessions, we implement proven frameworks, tools, and strategies to get each part of your business working together like clockwork so that your business runs well and it causes you less stress. So if you're tired of being frustrated all the time and going it alone, why not book a call and reach out to us at Leader Guide? We'd love to guide you on your journey of building the great business and life that you want. Well, there are my six mistakes that I've made in business lately. I'm sure there's many more, but there's six of them. Hope you enjoyed that and they encourage you. Hey, thanks for listening to my business guide. The first season, we started in August, so this is a bit of a shorter season. But season two will be back in February of 2024 for a full year of learning and growing together. Until then, share these recent episodes with your friends, leave us a five-star review, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye for now.